already started cracking up. He could have been. It is funny. Handle you should it. have laughed more. I, you should have laughed at that. I should have laughed dot, dot, dot harder. <clears throat> Are right. we good? Are we good? Are we right ready? on. Okay. Wow. How okay. do we start? Um, Let's well, thank Adam. Thank you, Adam. Thank you, Adam. Don't cut don't cut the part out where we thank you, please. Leave it. Leave it. Yeah, that's fine. It's all, it's now dark pink. <laughs> it's all dark pink. All right. Okay. You comfy? No, but I all will right. be. Let's begin. Let's begin. I don't know if I can, these, this is, this is going to take some, something getting, wow, I'm off to a good start. <laughs> I can't get used to these glasses. So what are these? So, so let's we're describe wearing, what we're doing. We're wearing color therapy glasses right now. I have pink. You have orange? Yes. Okay. It does. It, your glasses look pink to me with my pink yours, sunglasses on. <laughs> I'm not going to tell you what yours look like. Tell me what mine look like. Yours look like a person, like a really old person who has... <laughs> Like, like the sun protection, the glasses that go dark uh, in the sun. Right. Okay. Yeah. 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 But that could be it's good. It's like a Las Vegas, Nevada type Right. Look. I yeah. imagine like Martin Short in a uh, Hawaiian shirt being <laughs> exactly. very old. Yes. Okay. So we're wearing color therapy glasses. So Adam, our producer, um, he just set us up and uh, hopefully we'll... Where the levels check are some good. Levels because we'll last time, all the time, pretty it, much. Yeah, it always feels like I'm off. Like far I'm away. like making out with a microphone. <laughs> so Adam had to come in and adjust. Yep. And he wears. I see him out around Santa Fe wearing these colored glasses, and so they're all in the recording studio, which I've never been into, because it was flooded for a while. Yes. But here we are. For like a day, it was flooded for one day. That's not a good story. <laughs> flooded for a month is a much better story. Okay, sorry. I forgot. It was flooded for at least a month. All right. So shall we begin? We should definitely begin. This is... Slouching towards... Enlightenment. That was great. Wow. Are we rusty? That was seamless. We're definitely rusty. We haven't done this in a while. We haven't. It's been a month, right? Yeah. Yeah. It feels like longer because a lot has happened in a month. <laughs> But, but we're not doing any more episodes about that. No, no more episodes about personal matters. <laughs> Some people wrote it. Oh my god! No, right, no one right, wrote it. right. <laughs> people are now moving in and out of Santa Fe because of that last episode. <laughs> my god! It did shake some things up. But what's funny is that that episode. I thought it was like a big deal, <laughs> but it wasn't compared to the month after. Right. Yeah. But right. we'll just We're leave. not going to talk about the month after. No, no. We need a month after pill. Yeah, we for, do. <laughs> for this, for the month of September. Okay. First thing I have to do, because it's been weighing on me, is I have to make the correction from yes. the last podcast. Yes. 
where I was overheated in a heat wave, chugging half hot half and half. <laughs> like I was dying. It was, it was uh, inadvisable at best. Yeah, it wasn't good. I was fatigued, overcaffeinated, overheated. And I said that um, when there's uh, lots of bliss in the body, that the, the, the body will produce something called ojas, which is the opposite of um, ama. And when you have a lot of it and you've been meditating a lot or you're talking about knowledge, you get a little bit of an oily forehead. And I said soma, which it's not at all. I, and I knew it was wrong when it came out of my mouth, like a singer who sings a wrong note accidentally. But you covered it up well. I had no idea. I wasn't. I, I think I was just all hopped up on on <laughs> hot cream <laughs> from downtown subscription. If we ever I start couldn't... a band, could it be hot cream? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, if it was a seventies, it was like a seventies band. We could well, wear these there glasses. Was cream, but I feel like we would be hot. Cream. Hot cream. Yeah, it's so gross, but it's... we should do it. <laughs> Hello, hello, Santa Fe. We're hot cream. <laughs> oh, shit. So anyway, I was hopped up on hot cream, spouting Vedic lies. <laughs> it's, it's called Bindu. That's the name of the oil. That, not soma. Not which I think soma. Is a drug. Soma. Like a pill. S- well, they renamed a pill soma after Brave New World, and because the pill in Brave New World is called soma. Yeah, I think it's what the the where they keep everybody all placid and right. flaccid. I don't remember the pill. <laughs> placid and flaccid, our first hit. Hot cream's <laughs> first hit. <laughs> Oh my God, these glasses. Um, it's just, it's, so stupid. It's, it's, <laughs> so, Soma, and Soma is also flow of consciousness. Oh, okay. So, there is a real Vedic meaning for yes. that. Yes. Okay. Or uh, Soma Chandra, which is the moon. So, Soma tends to be flow of consciousness, but also Soma is a celestial biochemical that is secreted from a gland in the throat. Now, this is what this is one of those things that I just trust my teacher on, but um, uh, I've never... Uh, th- there's a lot of things that Western medicine just hasn't figured out yet, uh, and this is... And I hate pseudoscience, too, so this is like walking on a tightrope for me. Okay. But sometimes when you meditate people's mouths start salivating. I don't know if you've ever had that. I've had that in phases, you know, um, where there just seems to be an over abundance of saliva mm. in, in your in your mouth. <laughs> it's also one of the effects of listening to our to Hot Cream's first album. <laughs> There's actually going to be a sticker on the front of the album. It's a warning signal that <laughs> <laughs> Do not listen to this album if you're prone to extra saliva. Yeah, you can drown. You can actually drown on your own <laughs> saliva listening to our new band. Um, <clears throat> okay, get a hold of yourself. So, yeah, so it, and it kind of has a sweet little flavor to it. And it, it has to blend or mix with saliva, which is swallowed, and then it can be ingested. 
into the body. But that's not the same thing that we were talking about, that, you, that the tongue scraper. That's AMA. That's AMA. That's okay. AMA, the un... And the byproduct of undigested food and experience, uh, experiences, it's it's congealed stress in the body. By the way, you freaked me out so much about that that I have been scraping my tongue like a maniac. <laughs> good. It's it's good for you to scrape your tongue because your mouth gets it's it's you know it pushes all those toxins up there, and now you have clean breath. Good I have for clean. Me. Yeah, I have clean um, I, half I and just half am breath. Scraping constantly. <laughs> So here's here's another thing about soma. Uh, this is something that my teacher told me too. That and I may have told you this actually in in one of our Friday sessions. It was like the pre podcast Friday sessions that mm-hmm. we used to have. That there are certain yogis there. There's all kinds of you know yogis or or sadhus that do different tapas tapasaya, which is. Um, putting yourself through some kind of discomfort in order to get like a higher state of consciousness. That's a that's a real quick and easy uh, definition. But you see, like like in Rishikesh, when I was there recently, we were in a tuk tuk riding along, and I think it was it might have been Cassidy mm-hmm. who was who said, "Excuse me." She saw <laughs> <laughs> she excuse me while I just barf real quick. She saw uh, an old naked man with a rope around his penis and on the end of the penis was a brick. This is actually not that uncommon in India. And like self-flagellation? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Trying to do something super uncomfortable. Or there in if you've read the book Shantaram, there's the the standing babas and they stand on one leg for the rest of their life. So this is t- this is real extreme tapas. Um, but there are some some yogis who take they'll make they'll mix a little paste of honey and turmeric, and they'll put it underneath their tongue. What's that? What's that little connector from the tongue to the bottom of your mouth? Is that the frenulum, or is this the frenulum? I'm I'm stroking my that. My anatomy fails me. In this oh my god! I okay. Don't know. So next week I'm going to have someone else on besides Brienne. <laughs> I'm I am the doctor of the group, so it's a real problem that I can't remember. Okay, so they paste. They take this paste. And put it on that little piece of skin that connects your tongue to the bottom of your mouth. Okay. And then they take a razor blade and they slice that. And they keep doing this to free up the tongue completely. And then they train their tongue to curl back into their mouth and up their cavity where they can press on the gland that releases soma. And then they trip balls. Wow. Yeah. Because it's like you don't – you only need – the tiniest amount and it's part of that um what pharmacopoeia of celestial biochemicals in the brain something like that okay but anyway bindu not soma and to my colleagues who may have listened to this thanks for not calling me or whatsapping me to correct me (laughs) and that's all i'll say about it so that is our that is the correction yeah that we needed to state yes it's been it's been bugging me. Okay. Yeah. Yes. All right. You have questions, right? I do. I have a lot of questions. And I I don't know where to start. What's the one that you're thinking of right now? <clears throat> well, okay, the one I'm thinking of right now is that you mentioned recently you've had some students with kundalini awakenings. Mhm. And 
I want to know what that is and what the difference is between that and just having a really intense experience. Yeah, well, so kundalini is generally we don't want to make a big deal out of it, but every now and then, as you know, you know, it can kind of make a big deal out of you. It can. It's a, it's very rare that it takes over someone. Um, and if I think if most people meditate twice a day and make it non-negotiable and just continue, they're going to have some experience of kundalini, whether it's a little swaying or nodding of the head or something like that. But again, kundalini is what we call shakti energy. It's shakti is um, feminine energy, uh, feminine power moving up. Every Everybody, everything has both masculine and feminine energies in them, and there's different balances of it. So this rises, rises up. It enters at the soles of the feet, moves up the legs, pools or coils at the base of the spine, almost like a snake, and then rises up what we call the shushumna. It's where we get our word for chimney. And it passes through what, you know, we'd call the chakras. And, uh, and then ultimately exits out the top of the head. Have you experienced this? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And do most people experience this at some point? I, I think if you're a twice-a-day meditator, yeah. you're going to experience something that has to do with kundalini at some point. It would be, and is it the same for everyone? No, completely okay. different because so everybody has a completely that. different physiology. Yeah. So, uh, you know, it's like you can look at it like everybody's – I don't know how good of an analogy will, this will be, but we're in a music room. So if everybody is some kind of a woodwind and, you know – air is passing through it, it's going to produce a different kind of sound. And we all have different physiologies. So some physiologies, the architecture is different than others. And also we have more stress built up than others. We have different karma that we've collected through thousands of lives. So there's, a, there's kind of a lot going on. And then we all have different charts. So it's really going to be a variety of, of things. So uh, my kundalini experiences, I can't stop burping. <laughs> so, <laughs> thank God, thank goodness. I, I might switch back. To, <laughs> I'd switch back to hot half and half. <laughs> um, ooh, it's hot in here too. I know. It's oh my god. <laughs> so, uh, so my kundalini experiences have been very. Most of them have been kind of subtle. You know, just a tiny, you, you feel maybe a tiny bit of swaying and then it's gone, you know, and you're not doing the swaying. You're just sort of feeling swaying happening to you. Kundalini isn't to be resisted. You know, there's a lot of people trying to get the Kundalini to rise and that's in our tradition, that's a mistake. Okay. We, we don't want to push the river. We want to flow down it. We don't want to, um, uh, push anything. Nature nature knows how to organize already and we don't need to interfere and our help interferes with nature and nature's plan to help us evolve. So we don't really need to push Kundalini that much or at all really. That being said, you know, I've had things, uh, the first, the first real big experience I had lasted maybe 20 seconds or 30 seconds. And I, I just finished meditating and 
I was in, I was living in Silver Lake at the time. And I was meditating, and then I went to sleep. I took a nap. And not, not long after, it felt like, because I wasn't quite asleep yet, and it felt like hot, like warm hands entered my body around my pelvis, grabbed my pelvis, which this is going to sound crazy, which turned to liquid water okay. and then started making me hula dance. Okay. So my hips were swaying. Oh my, and, and, and the result was my spine. You weren't imagining this. This was Oh, happening. no. Okay. It was happening. Okay. It was absolutely happening. And so my, my, my spine was kind of going snake-like, but it felt like everything in the pelvic region, everything, turned to like hot, warm water, and there was no uh, distinction between anything. It was just like this was just a pool of hot water, and my hips were doing some kind of weird hula dance. Okay. And it's one of the most weirdest and best feelings I've ever felt in my life. And then it ended, and right when it ended, there were uh, like two or three tones in the room that sounded like, you know how sometimes when pipes are moving, you hear that, like that? It sounded like that, which is, uh, 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 it's probably Shruti, which is a whole other thing we have to talk about one of these days. But it it was, they, they went together. It was amazing. And then another time, and this was just you woke up, you you weren't meditating. I I had just finished meditating, and then I was instead of doing two minutes, I laid down for like a five or ten got minute it. nap, and it happened in that. Okay. And uh, and then I probably got up and walked around the reservoir. Okay. You know, as you do when you live there. Right. Yeah. If it's in the afternoon, you walk. Yeah. Whatever. So. <laughs> um, and then the other one took place in La Cunata. And these are just little tiny examples, but these yeah. are nothing compared to examples that other people have. I was meditating, and I felt a rumbling again in my pelvis. It was an energy, and it went up my spine. What does it mean that it always starts there? Well, for me, it always starts there. Like it, the, whatever the feeling is, is originating there. And so it was kind of like a shaking, and then some energy moved up like... It felt like it was going fast and slow at the same but, time. Okay, what do you mean energy? What does that feel like? Like a charge. Okay. Uh, like a charge. You know how you can go to the carnival and take a big hammer and hit the thing and the the metal thing goes up and hits the bell? Yeah. It was as if someone struck that and my spine was the... the oh, that sounds great. It was really cool. Yeah. So something went up and the second it got to my throat, there was an audible pop in my spine, in the vertebrae, in the back of my spine, that was really loud. And then right after that, I felt like my shoulders and my spine and head were like an iron cross. And I felt, uh, it was like an embodiment of masculinity. I don't know how else to put it. I was just like, douche, boom, <laughs> you know? <laughs> I felt like a cross, like a, um, and, but then it was over. That took about three seconds. Now, the cross uh, feeling. Yeah, just the whole. It felt like like something went got really balanced and really centered, and I felt really powerful. So, are these things that we should look forward to as meditators, or is this no, just? No, you shouldn't even look for them. Oh. Because um, sometimes there's far greater things going on that you may not even feel. 
these what we like about these is it's kind of like oh something special happened yeah because meditation even though it's wonderful it can get mundane good mundane but mundane like you're just doing it every day yeah you still look forward to it but it's like oh another one of these meditations i've had one of these 500 times right. it's good but it's you know you know how it's like um it's probably how dogs feel about eating their the same damn meal every day of their life they're yeah. like oh boy it's the same thing so in uh in, in with a little kundalini experience it it adds a little bit of spice but we don't it's hardly the point of meditation kundalini is flowing anyway it's always flowing there's always some trickle of it at least and really when it's completely silent that's the best because there aren't any blocks if it finds a block a block it'll start to kind of twist or snake or bang its way through the block to break the block up so, so are the blocks in your chakras chakras. chakras chakras means sexual fluids gone wrong oh chakra wow don't mistake those two for one yeah another. you you don't want to <laughs> you you yeah especially if you're into you know um speaking is manifesting that kind of thing yeah chakras it, it's 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 a common mistake and it's of course, it's forgivable. We're Westerners. We're the only ones who do it. Yeah. But it it makes Indians cringe. So chakras. Chakra, it are the are different energy points, um, in the body, and and in astrology they're so associated with different planets, mm -hmm. and then Chaka, is like a little Bigfoot character from Land of the Lost, from the Sid and Marty Croft. Thank you for show. clarifying. Well, I just wanted to make sure. Let's just make sure we don't leave that guy out. <laughs> no, we don't want to leave Chaka out. No. Um, <clears throat> so and then, those are the color points. Yeah, they're they're color they're they're associated with colors. We don't. It's funny we don't really talk about them that much in in Vedic meditation. Okay. They're they're there. It's good. You know, they're always opening and closing. They're spinning. They're they're just these little energy centers, but. It's more like, I think it's more of a Buddhist thing. So there's um, overlap, but it's not there's, there's central some overlap. to it's, yeah. the concept. No, no. When we, when we start talking about bodies, we're a little bit more into Ayurveda yeah. than just chakras. Yeah. But, but they're there. You know, the energy points are there, and you can really feel you – can, you can sometimes feel like – like when I, when I just got um, this session with Mark Blondell, my – my uh, amazing colleague in Australia, it felt like someone was pressing a, he's in Australia, I'm in LA, and he's doing this over the phone. And it felt like someone was pressing their thumb right into my um, third eye. You know, that's a little energy point right there. Right. Um, no one was in the room except me. And it felt great. You know, like when someone gives you a head massage yeah. and you're like, oh. Yeah. It felt like that. I'm in the room alone. Yeah. Um, so then some people have kundalini and and there's a lot more going on and it could be because uh there's a lot of stress in the physiology it could be there's some weaknesses in the physiology not in i'm not trying to be insulting just little like when we're about to get sick we feel a little weak yeah so sometimes you can have that Rep things that are repressed i've noticed that a lot of people who have kundalini, there's some kind of repression. 
because part of the kundalini is expression. And so it kind of starts to override repressed things. And I'm not saying, you know, everyone has kundalini is sexually repressed and needs to get out. It's not that. It's just that sometimes you're kind of ignoring parts of yourself. Okay. And then kundalini comes in and starts expressing itself. And it's always very elegant and feels good. But but ultimately, I don't think we want to get too caught up in it. It's It, it can all fall under stress release. Okay. Even a major kundalini awakening can fall under stress release. And what, what a lot of that is, I mean, I've seen, I've seen just things that are bananas with kundalini, <laughs> like chanting and Sanskrit and mudras and dancing and spontaneous yoga, all sorts of stuff. But we don't want things that dramatic. We don't want our lives derailed it's it's some people i think think it's um just as i was about to feel jealous don't feel jealous come in with the no we don't we're not looking for that we're not looking for that it it it's when it's happening it's nice because it generally feels really good and we never resist it but it is stress release and it's and it's means um you know some of the architecture is getting reworked it's better if we've already reworked that. Now, if you're having kundalini and it's it feels disruptive, don't resist it. It's great because in the process of reorganizing the physiology or getting the stress out, it will feel good if you're not resisting it. Right. And if you are resisting it, it's not going to feel that great. <clears throat> but you know, are there it, people who resist it, and that's just oh yeah, becomes more. Oh, of they an issue? resist it because they don't. They feel like oh, it's wrong for me to move in meditation. Yeah. Or or uh, people might think I'm crazy. But you see Kundalini in every culture with spiritual practices. I mean, you go to the Wailing Wall in Jerusalem, and you see, you know, these guys. They call it davening, where they're sort of swaying back and forth. I guess reading the Torah. I don't know much about. You know <laughs> that realm. That, that realm. That I've been there. The, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the Judaic tradition. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's a fascinating place to go. Yeah. But you can see them davening, which is which is similar to Kundalini. Yeah. And and you'll eventually at some point feel it. You'll have a meditation where you kind of feel like you might be swaying a little. I definitely. I've had that yeah. certainly. Yeah. It's just Kundalini. It is. Mm -hmm. Yep. Like, guys, I have had Kundalini. You guys, newsflash! Wow, I'm I'm one of them. If you want a signed autograph, <laughs> just just request request to a Puntia Cafe in Santa, <laughs> Santa Fe, Fe New Mexico. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so let's move on. What else? All right, all right. So one thing that I've been wait, do we about. need to switch glasses? Maybe. Yes. I, I feel like I need to switch glasses. Will you grab me? Oh yeah. I want to try orange. Oh yeah. Okay. Oh, this is a completely different experience. This is so light. This is intense. I know. I know. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I feel like I'm in a fruit roll-up. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so ask. Okay. <laughs> so one thing that I've been thinking about is there's seven states of consciousness. Yeah. When you say that, you can put quotes in seven states. There's... Yeah. We'll Why? explain that. Yeah. Well, first of all, uh, well, because there's a couple more that we haven't talked about. Well, okay. That's what I was going to ask. 
What? Are there secret states? Uh, there are secret states. You have to be. You have to be um, a level uh, ten Vedic ninja. All right. To know that, this stuff. See, that's not true. But what what I was going to conjecture mm-hmm. is what if there are things past unity, but there are. What? Yeah. So. We've never done the seven states of consciousness. Remember, every time we, we tried, tried to do it, we tried. our recording device would blow up or something. Yeah, it was weird. It was very weird. And I I feel like we might be skating on thin ice with this. I, but I think we should just touch on it. Let's touch on it. So let's skip through all the seven states of consciousness. I Not skip as in pass, but just skip touch base like with... a little girl with a basket and exactly. a field of posies. Ready. All right. Now I guess that's me. I'm the I'm the <laughs> the, the posy picking little girl. So sleeping, dreaming, and waking state. We don't have to go too into that, um, but these are measured states of wakefulness. Uh, obviously, once we get to eyes open, waking state, then we can have shared experiences. We can fulfill f- fulfill desires. <laughs> oh man yeah and you know we we know about waking state but there's not but everybody has a different point of view in waking state consciousness you know there's there's uh we have a very limited point of view then the fourth state of consciousness is turiya t-u-r-i-y-a this means the fourth in Sanskrit, and this is also known as transcendental consciousness. It's pure consciousness or being, and it's the experience of us in pure consciousness without any thoughts. So thoughts have to, and, or senses either. So we move beyond thoughts. We move beyond the senses, and there's just pure awareness but no content, and it's wonderful. Especially the first few times you do it, it's like, it's cosmic, man. It's good stuff. Uh, and then we integrate. We integrate pure being into the eyes open waking state so that you feel transcendent, unbounded, but you're in boundaries. You're in a body. You're in the world. You're seeing you know, the world of forms and phenomena, but inside you feel deep, unbounded. We would call the integration or the stabilization of Turiya into the eyes open waking state cosmic consciousness, which is the first state of consciousness. I mean, sorry, the first state of enlightenment. Mm. <clears throat> I'm doing it again. I'm starting to lie. I'm getting tired. <laughs> I'm getting tired and lying. Um, beyond that is God consciousness, GC. God consciousness, people who are in God consciousness can perceive the consciousness in all things. They're, per- they're perceiving and then personifying the consciousness in all forms of phenomenon. And then that wakes them up to a world of, of beings. And these beings like to interact. Nature is observer-dependent, and nature likes to reciprocate. So you can have communion or kinship with these beings. And there's a hierarchy, and it goes all the way up to God. And it's and it's it's a it's about perceptual acuity. It's not a belief. I believe in God. It is experiencing the face of God. 
different beings, not <clears throat> like Hank, for instance, lying here on the floor. He was just previously licking himself. He got tired and now he's, he just passed out. Um, he is a being in a fursuit and he's a being. I know Hank. I don't know him that well, but I know him. He knows me. Know him is to love him. Yeah. He, he remembers me. He takes a sniff and he's like, yeah, it's this guy. But it's not difficult to see the consciousness in him. He's a dog. But it's a little harder to see the consciousness in a beam of light coming through your window. But in God consciousness, that beam of light becomes a being with preferences, a repertoire of behaviors, um, and it's trying to get your attention. So GC is, uh, it, it's our, our appreciation for nature becomes so deep that uh, th that appreciation and adoration and our perceptual acuity wakes up wakes up uh, consciousness be that we can perceive begins to behave in a different way that's directed towards us, and then we can interact with it. <clears throat> then unity consciousness, which is all of these beings are actually yourself. You know, they are... Um, it's like if you're a wave on an ocean, you feel, what, you feel like a wave. You're the Brie wave. And it just feels like you're Brie. And everything outside of you is the world. You know, you're sort of in that body. And then there's me and Hank and the recording studio in front of you and Adam and the kids upstairs and onward, you know. But you are, you, know, you feel separate. So wave learns how to meditate, which means it merges or collapses with the ocean. And then the wave crests again. And you think, oh, that was cool. I was ocean for a second. That's kind of nice. I want to do it again. But if you keep collapsing the wave of individuality, at some point, it's going to become obvious to you that you're not a wave, that you've been ocean the entire time. And that wave is just a curvature, a localized curvature of the ocean. So you'll start to feel and identify more with the ocean than the wave. Wave is just what other people see. But you know your true nature. It's oceanic. And then you look out at all the other waves and you think, those waves, I can see the ocean in them. So that first one, that recognition that the wave is uh, ocean is, would be cosmic consciousness. And then looking out at the ocean and seeing all of those waves and being able to see that that's ocean too, that's God consciousness. But then you go, oh, wait a second. If they're ocean and I'm ocean, I'm just looking at myself. I've been looking at myself the whole time. That's unity consciousness. So what happens when someone goes away? They're everywhere. Once you're in cosmic consciousness, you're everywhere. So if you drop a body in cosmic consciousness, where does the consciousness go? The consciousness is already ocean. You're, you're everywhere already. You can't go anywhere. You, you lose or people lose their power to locate you because also they think you're a body. But at that point, you're a consciousness. You're everywhere, absolutely everywhere. Now, so unity consciousness is what we would call the highest state of consciousness, where whatever you look at, whatever you can perceive, it's like perceiving extended self. So if we look at our hand, um, 
I can see that's me. I can see my hand in front of my face is me and my senses are delivering that back to me. Through eyesight, I can see it and I can feel my hand connect with my head, you know, through my arm, shoulder, chest, head. This is no, there's no way this is not extend itself. In unity consciousness, you look at Hank and it's like looking at your hand because you're ocean, everything is you. And if he's a wave on the ocean and you're ocean, what's he? Ocean. To the ocean, a wave is ocean. Now, what happens after that? Brahman consciousness. So Brahman consciousness is... In unity consciousness, if you look at Hank, only Hank is extended self. But then if I look at you, Hank stops being extended self, and now you're extended self. And then if I look at the washing machine to my left, you have ceased to become extended self. Hank isn't extended self, but the washing machine is now extended self. So it's like this. It's only what I'm perceiving at the moment. I got to take these off. This is like talking about this and wearing these glasses is tripping me out. Um, So... Brahman consciousness is when I can look at you, your extended self, and Hank is still extended self. Or I can think of just the planet Saturn for a second. Okay, Saturn's extended self. And everything becomes extended. You don't lose something just because you're not looking at it anymore. That would be Brahman consciousness. And the final one is Krishna consciousness. That's when... uh, Everything is extended self, whether you're perceiving it or not, but the mind still finds this just a little intolerable because the people around them isn't sharing that experience. So being in the event horizon of someone in Krishna consciousness puts them into unity consciousness. And this is why... What? Automatically. Automatically. You'll have an experience of unity consciousness, but the thing is, it is you'll be looking at the person who has it. So, um, I mean, you look at, you know, you read the Bible and it's, you know, Jesus walks through a town and there's guys fishing and they just drop their poles and walk and follow him. Who would do that? But if you had an experience of unity consciousness, you'd want to follow that person around all the time. It's that powerful. Uh, this is why a lot of people like darshan, which is when a guru looks at you, you go and get darshan. You sit at the feet of the guru, he looks at you, and if they're in a high state of consciousness, you will feel uplifted, and you might even feel um, some cosmic God or, or unity consciousness experiences. So it goes... So it's really seven states of consciousness, but there's two subsets to unity. So again, sleeping, dreaming, waking state, Turiya or transcendental consciousness, um, cosmic consciousness, the integration of, of Turiya into the individuality, God consciousness, unity consciousness, Brahman consciousness, and finally Krishna consciousness. Guru Dev, our teacher, my teacher's teacher's teacher was in Krishna consciousness. Maharishi was in unity consciousness at least. I'm not sure 
um, where he got where he got to. It's rare to get Brahman or Krishna consciousness, but but he was definitely in unity. So there, there are the seven states. Is seven significant in any way? Not really. No. Not really. There's, it's not a numbers thing. I don't think it is. I mean, there's, <clears throat> there are probably Vedic numerologists. Is that recording? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it is. I, I can see. Yeah. Um, who would, who could talk about? certain numbers in Vedic, but I don't think seven has a lot. I mean, I guess they all do, but I don't know much about all of these numbers. That's okay. A little bit about 108, but 108 is a, yeah, everyone's like, oh, 1111, you know what I mean? 111, people, um, he's just checking in on us okay. and giving the thumbs up. Um, but that's just so arbitrary because it's like, you know, it's your phone, and your phone might be two minutes off. Um, so seven, I don't think it's. I don't think there's much to it. Okay. Okay. So we won't like. We don't have to split hairs over the number seven. <laughs> okay. All right, we won't, and we won't. Okay. Um, so typically during meditation, I find that my breathing kind of syncs up with my mantra. Mm. Mm-hmm. Is that good? It's not good or bad. Who who was I just one of the oh, yeah. Um Daisy and Ollie's mom. Yeah. This is she's a new student and she um she was having this and wondering if it was right or wrong. And what we do is that's very natural. That's very natural to have happen. Um and if we notice that that that's what's happening, we don't try and stop it. We don't make a rhythm with the mantra nor do we break a rhythm. We don't match the mantra with our breath, but we also don't unmatch it with our breath. We go with whatever's happening naturally because if something's happening naturally, it means it's happening effortlessly. So if you notice, oh, that's interesting. My, I'm going mantra breath, mantra breath. And it's something that you notice you've been doing, then it's been effortless to do that because it was happening unconsciously. Right. You pick up on it once it's the right. pattern. Right, but then happening. trying to break the pattern would require effort, and we don't use effort to do that. So is there some kind of breathing mechanism or breathing Not in Vedic meditation. That, yeah, no. we, don't, we don't care. Um, it's, all sa- it's pretty much sound. And as you de-excite, the breath and mantra will uncouple. And, uh, and you'll notice, I mean, you've been so deep before you're barely breathing, right? You've had those experiences yeah. where you're just so, I've actually also had trouble breathing. Really? Is that bad? No, like trouble meaning you're not breathing. You like, I'm not like, I realize I'm not getting, it could be, I would say, and tell me if this feels right or not. You realized you weren't breathing and that just scared you a little bit. Would that be accurate? Maybe. Right. The The realization that you haven't been breathing can be scary, but oftentimes we don't breathe in meditation. Our breathing slows down. We become so de-excited that your body isn't burning up fuel or prana, oxygen. And in that least excited state, you're uh, you're not trying to 
capture oxygen from the atmosphere or draw it in through your lungs or the respiratory system. You're just sort of letting the oxygen that's in your body already just sort of be there and you use that instead. So, um, yeah, it's, you know, when, when we meditate, our heart rate is going to get slow. Breathing is going to become shallow. Sometimes we'll stop and you've never been safer or healthier than when you're barely breathing in meditation, you know, <laughs> if it's happening when you're on the treadmill, yeah, if, maybe you should just... yeah, if it's happening on your third grilled cheese, that's <laughs> then, then maybe you need to do something about it. But in meditation, it's very common to stop breathing, but most people don't know they're not breathing because they're transcending and they're having a different experience of bliss right. anyway. But when you come back to When you the, come back yeah. and you kind of notice it, the intellect might get alarmed by it. Yeah. And that might go like a little like, uh-oh. But if you continue doing this, the intellect is going to kind of roll over and capitulate to the, to the not breathing program. And this not breathing is incredibly healthy for us. Because we, we breathe too much anyway. We do? Yeah. Really? We do. We overbreathe. That's why they sell pomegranate juice. Stop Free radicals. Yeah. We're resting from the inside by too much oxygen. We want to breathe less and, and extend our life. So these yogis in India who are like 120 and they look like they're, you know, 60. Yeah. These are people who don't breathe that much. <laughs> it's also really a good, another good band name. The what? overbreathers. The overbreathers. <laughs> how about how about hot cream and the overbreathers? <laughs> I think we just <laughs> unlocked or the key. I think we just found the key that unlocked the band name. I, I think so too. I, I think hot cream is a really good name for a band. <laughs> it's so gross. <laughs> I just bang my tooth on my. <laughs> okay, should yeah. I ask you questions now? Yeah. All right. Um, so how, how, so how is meditation going for you now? <laughs> yeah. Um, it's going great. Are you feeling, and, and as a mom, as a, we, we met, um, uh, yeah. So anyway, there, I'm teaching a lot of pregnant women yes. or at the moment I'm teaching your friend Lisa tomorrow. Yes. She's pregs. Um, and it's a it's a running theme. It's like a little niche, and it's really good for. And I wish that I had learned to meditate when I was pregnant. Right, and you learned what, like five months after four months? Yeah, no, a little bit more than that. I think yeah. it was like seven months. Okay, yeah. Um, so now that the kiddos are almost two, yeah, their birthday's October, November, November. Yeah. Okay. Getting up there. Okay. They're really getting up there. Yeah, <laughs> Shep's almost driving. Um, so, what's it, what's your experience with two kids and a Hollywood job where you know everyone's yelling at you over Skype? What's it like having your program and and trying to get to it and doing it and the quality of your meditations? The to speak to the quality, I would say it varies. Sometimes I feel like it's a great meditation and I open my eyes and I'm just like, wow. Yeah. And it's really great. And then other times I feel like I'm just going through the motions, but I know that's important. And mm -hmm. I know, I know 
the regularity is really important. Yeah. So that also feels good. So you're doing the technique, but you don't feel much is happening beyond like a to-do list kind of exactly. meditation. Okay. Exactly. I'll be problem solving. And then yeah. I'm like, back to the mantra, back to the mantra, that's problem okay. solving, back to the mantra. Yeah. So, yeah. But that's good. Yeah. So you're releasing stress. Yes. And when you remember you're off the mantra, you're picking it back up again. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. That's great. I like how it oscillates around mm-hmm. always. It's always this oscillation yeah. happening. Of- when you, there's a, you know, you can experiment with this and, and anybody, um, anybody can do this. Anybody who's a Vedic meditator. Because so, in the very beginning where, oh yeah, I'm off the mantra and you were kind of consciously picking it back up again. If you do nothing, you'll see the whole meditation gets done without your help. Yeah. It'll oscillate back. You'll yes. have a thought. You'll kind of remember you're off the mantra, but you know in just remembering you're off the mantra is the mantra coming back. So you don't even have to pick it up again. It will just you'll just start hearing it again. It just cycle. It just goes around and around. Right. Yeah. And that's good. The less you do, the better. Yeah. What do they say? Do less, accomplish more. Do nothing, accomplish everything. Yes, they they say that. They do. They do. Hank's he's loving on me Hank right says now. That. Uh, yeah. yeah, the frequency is sometimes very consistent and then other times more difficult. Yeah. It, sometimes what happens is I don't usually get to meditate first thing in the morning mm-hmm. because babies wake up before I do. Right. Inevitably. It's like 5 a.m., sometimes Can you like uncork a jug of ether in their room? <laughs> 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 or in your room. Yeah. That's that's yeah. that's actually what you need. Yeah. Um, no. No, we can't do that. Okay. So they are typically awake before I am. Right. So it's it's difficult to do. And then it's whoosh. Then you know, there's it's coffee. Just, then it's, there's... Well, if I'm lucky, the coffee happens like two hours after that. Right. Because there's so much just... You got to what? Dress the babies? Get them out of... Yes. yes. I mean, it's... Oh, it's a whole yes, thing. Yeah, it's a very, it's a whole process. So they wake up. There is lots to do. Yeah. And then usually I get to meditate after they've eaten breakfast. And what happens to them? Does Adam or Coral take over? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So that is usually how the, the That's program good. works. That's so good. Yeah. You should be an inspiration to all moms. Because moms, it's rough on moms. I mean, you're tired anyway. Yeah. You're on the baby's schedule. Yeah. And and I think it's really important to, you know, if you don't do the meditation. It's a pain in the ass sometimes to do it because you, you feel like, I don't have time for this shit. Yeah. Keep in mind, there's 60 to 70 emails that have already come in in that time right. frame that right. are begging for my attention. Yeah. And then and you're That's... saying, no, I'm going to close exactly. my eyes for 20 minutes and do nothing. Exactly. But you know already through your own personal research yes. that if you don't meditate, then all that other stuff starts to go to... I will be a disaster area when it comes to solving <laughs> with like all orange problems. cones around yeah. you <laughs> just, just wrote me off or tape me off it's not a good scene yeah yeah so i definitely have to um have to do that in the morning but mm. it doesn't happen right away right and sometimes i have had coffee before i do it and i know that's not the best case well i think again new moms get a pass they just have to do their program best they can yeah and, um, you know, you, you get to it. Yeah. 
You got to it when you can. Yeah. It's it's, it's going to change. You, you just got to be on the kid's schedule for a while. Um, pregnant moms, preg, preg, pregnant women and new moms can meditate as much as the, or as little as they want right. as for as long or short as they want, as is comfortable. So it would be good if they get two 20 minute meditations in, but um, sometimes maybe their life means three 10 minute meditations yeah. or whatever. Um, it's whatever they can get to. But I definitely find if I have to do a shorter meditation, I'm craving the longer version. Yes. So it's not just, it doesn't feel, it feels, it's great, but it doesn't feel like what I need. Yeah. You still have to go, come yeah. to a group med. Never we have to, to do that med. in the next two. We, we tried to do one last week. Yeah. But um, maybe, uh, yeah, maybe we can figure out something soon. That'll be good. Yeah. Yeah. So, and then the afternoons can be spotty. Yeah. That, that tends to be the more difficult meditation for me. Well, spotty as in difficult to get to or difficult to actually do? Difficult to get to because I'm just in such a... Momentum? Well... Work or... Yeah. Yeah. Work has taken over at that point and I am just... The weekends are easy. Mm. But usually between work and some combination of the babies being in some state... Right. That one tends to be much more. Well, I think it's. I think it's. Uh, you need to be commended that you're even doing it at all, <laughs> and you have a hit podcast. <laughs> and that all that and a hit podcast. Yep, and a robust social life. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, it, it it's. I think it's pretty amazing. You you should be an inspiration to anyone who has kids who's listening to this. Yeah. Because I know your work schedule. It's it's crazy, and you have twins, and you are still a meditator. It's kick-ass. Thanks. Yeah. Yeah, so I'd say it's going well. Good. Mostly. Good. There are, I do get agitated if it, if like six o'clock or 6.30 rolls around and I'm like, Ugh! You haven't I done it. Yeah, I get really annoyed. And and your advice is to do a short before bed at that point. Right. I, I mean, at that point, what I would do is just order in food and do it <laughs> instead of cook. Yeah, I... I have every now and then I'll miss my afternoon meditation. Yeah. It's very rare. I maybe I do it four or five times a year. Yeah, and then I'll do. And so what I'll do is what I'll get into bed and do a ten minute meditation just to scrape off some of that surface stress, okay. and then go to bed. Okay. We don't want to do a full program right before we go to bed because it can keep us up. Um, we always aim our strategy is to do the meditation the second meditation sometime before dinner but the tactic is to do a mini meditation sometime before bed to make up for it better to get two in anyway than you know if even if it means one of them has to be short yeah than doing uh just one because the body really needs that back and forth of going deep and releasing stress if you were to do 20 minutes before bedtime would that cause you to stay awake uh, yeah, sometimes. Yeah. I've done 20 minutes before I go to like bed. Like as an experiment? Yeah, I've done Like, I'm just going to do it. But I, that, I notice when I'm traveling, I need to meditate before bed too. And I can do 20 minutes. When I say traveling, I mean like India travel, like yeah. overseas travel. Yeah. I'll get to my hotel room. I'll get in bed and I'll do a 20-minute meditation right before going to bed. Oh, my God. I just work. thought of the benefits of having meditation against jet lag. Yeah. What? Yeah, it helps. I, I imagine it does. Yeah. Yeah. 
and and also it helps to meditate on the plane. Yeah. When I'm on my way to um, India, I'm saying this like I go all the time. I used to go all the time before COVID. <laughs> now I haven't been in ages. Uh, I would meditate, you know, several times on the plane. I'll do like maybe two 45-minute meditations, and then I'll do a bunch of little 10-minute medit- or 15-minute meditations. Or sometimes I'll just kind of get bored, don't know what to do, and I'll just meditate, and I'll think, let's see how long I can go for. And I'll be like, my head will be like lolling all over do the place. Do you ever wake up in the middle of the night and start to accidentally meditate? No, I wake up in the middle of the night sometimes and sit up and unpurposely meditate. Really? Yeah. If it's past four then I'll sit up and meditate. If I'm awake and I feel wide awake, I'll do 20 minutes and then I'll go back to sleep. And then when I wake up again, my morning meditation's already done. Oh. Yeah. And when you go back to sleep after meditating at like Life 4 a.m., yeah, <laughs> you go back to sleep really hard, yeah. really deeply. I like that a lot. Oh, I miss morning sleep. I love morning. I feel like my sleep gets so deep in the mornings. Yeah, and especially I after a meditation. I, I don't even know what that would be like. God, I was so looking forward to having deep morning sleeps. Um, now my parents are gone, but the dog, <laughs> No. It, it turns out she likes to go to Amelia White Park at five in the morning. And crush your face. And crush my face, yeah. <laughs> I have a crushed face. <laughs> I, it looks like, I don't know what it looks like. It, look, it looks like I face planted into gravel, which is what I did. It looks like I got into a fight. It actually. does look like you got into a fight. Yeah, and and I have uh, I've been having a little bit of a bloody nose. I was worried that maybe I broke my nose, but I didn't. And it's this dog, this little, she's the size of a loaf of bread, maybe a little <laughs> bit bigger than a loaf of bread, but she has a Ferrari engine in her, and I was um, leaning over, untangling her leash, and she saw something. I don't know what it was—a rabbit, a lizard. I didn't see what she saw, but she just bolted, and I was gripping her leash, and she pulled me. I, I face-planted into the dirt, and I had pine needles, rocks, and dirt in my mouth in a bloody face. I kind of like it. Sounds I'm getting. Charming. I'm getting used to it. <laughs> yeah, it does. It's, it's really um, – it compliments you now. I look tough. Yeah. There's like – there's like what, whatever, there's some kind of like neosporin <laughs> bactine or whatever it is all over it now. My, my face is all creamy. <laughs> all sorts Lucky of oint- me, I get to stare ointments. right at it. Yeah. I get to stare right at you. <laughs> yeah, um, that's true. I'm just checking on the... Checking on the thing. Timing. Yeah. What are we at? Uh, we're, we're looking at a recording. Wow, we're definitely well past an hour. Oh, okay. Well, this is just a long one. It was just a long one. We don't have to end. We can talk. We can talk more about we'll band names, but we don't. We don't want to bore forever. our our audience that we're so grateful for. Yeah. 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 We might have right. to like trim a little. Well, bit then of let this. me say because I I always I think I always say this I should always say this but um, we really appreciate everyone listening to this. Yes. I love um, – I and I have gotten emails from people saying how much they love it and compliments and it's cool because we just uh, like to hang out and talk about meditation and make <laughs> each other laugh. So when 
Um, and form bands called Hot Cream. <laughs> right. Yeah. Um, hot, hot Cream, everybody. Yeah. Hot Cream. We better buy the web domain before we release this podcast. I, I have a feeling we already don't want to Google Hot Cream. <laughs> Listeners, oh, no. do not Google hot cream. But yeah, thanks for your for your kind words, your emails, all that kind of stuff. You can learn how to meditate by reaching out to me, and um, and I can set you up with myself or one of my colleagues somewhere in the world. And uh, yeah, and also if you like this. Leave a leave a review. Leave a review. Yeah, we don't have enough reviews. We have oh like four. Oh, but someone gave us a one star review, which <gasps> I think is, it's like a badge of honor. I love that we have. One I know. Star. I know. Someone just like lit was listening and like, absolutely fucking not. One not star. this. Yeah, one star. <laughs> one star. This sucks. <laughs> it better not be two people talking about <laughs> meditation. I, I have a feel. We must. It, it, I must know this person. <laughs> Or this There's person. a personal vendetta th- involved yeah. somewhere. Yeah, I feel like yeah. it's a revenge review. Yeah. Which is fine. We'll take those too. Yeah. We'll take any review. Yeah, yeah. Just review yeah. away. Review, make it creative, have some fun. <laughs> um and uh yeah, and then until next time. Yeah. Right? Anything else you want to say? No, that's that's great. Keep meditating. Keep meditating. Tell other people about meditation. Yes. Inspire your friends and family to meditate. And um, spread it like a Red.